and welcome to Bo Conversations with B. We are so glad that you are here watching us. We have some great, great conversation that we're going to have with you today. But before I introduce my special guest that you see here on screen, I want to shout out a couple of people as well as my sponsor. My sponsor is B Anderson Collection Live Your Life in Color. The color that I have on today is called Fearless. Right now, you can find it at Brandy Wood and I D anderson.com and you can find this color for ten dollars today so make sure you pick that up also i want to shout out two people who are always making sure that i look fabulous all the time so number one is Gracie Escanonzo. She is my nail technician located in Fort Worth. She is always making sure that my hands are always looking good. All on photos y'all see of me, it's because of her. She blesses my hands. Also, shout out to my girl, Akia Hill, who is the owner of Hair From Scratch. Right now, you can use code Brandy with an I and the number 10 when you check out and you purchase your custom or ready to ship wig. I don't have on one today, but she is always making sure that when I do show up, my hair is looking right and looking tight. Let me go ahead and got all of that out the way. Let me go ahead and introduce my special guest, which you see here is Lucille Reddick. I'm going to run down this rap sheet of all the things that she does. Lucille, go ahead and say hi to the people. Hello, everyone. <laughs> my special guest today, she is a Amazon best-selling author, TED Talk speaker, and marriage reconnection coach for current and future wives seeking to improve their communication skills to create peace, purpose, and passion in their homes. With our 30 with her 38 years of marriage, it is her mission to save thousands of wives from the emotional pain and life disruption that divorce causes. She is the founder of Chosen Wives Tribe, a community of women committed to transforming their minds and characters to see their marriage as God's gift designed to bring them joy in his glory. Whether she is posting encouraging quotes, which we'll talk about that, speaking to a group of women, hosting a podcast, making a quick video to speak a life into the lives of wives everywhere, it is from a posture of gratitude for the gift her marriage has been for her life. She is the author of a book called The Secret Sauce, Essential Ingredients for Creating an Exceptional Marriage, which you can find on www.thatsecretsaucebook.com. Man, Lucille, amazing. <laughs> you are amazing. I am so glad that you made a decision to be my special guest. I am so glad that you're here. And I was just telling a girlfriend of mine, so I was like, listen, I think I need like the wives, um, wives club. I don't know where that's at, <laughs> but I think you've already created that. So Lucille, is there anything else you want to add to your bio and all the things that I went over with, uh, with the people? No, that's pretty, pretty good. Uh, that's exactly where I'm at. I gave that to you, uh, maybe a month or so ago. I'm not yeah. sure. But let me tell you this, that on the 26th of January, we are now married 39 years. So I need to update my bio. Yes. 
So let's get into that, honey, because all the women who are watching this live and going to be commenting are going to want to know about the secret sauce. But before we do that, I just want to go over a couple of things that we talked about and discussed. So there were three points that you made regarding what is, you know, some of the ingredients to an exceptional marriage. Um, you talked about um, points regarding happily ever after. Mm -hmm. You also talked about fixing, um, fixing the partner and not what you ladies think. It is mm -hmm. not fixing the partner, but it's around those um, uh, subject matter and misconceptions that we have. So what is the most common misconception you hear from women regarding marriage? I would say the most common misconception that I hear is that women think that it's always going to be blissful. Mm. When conflict arises, they're not prepared for it most of the time. They think, oh, you know, uh, I married my best friend. We got along so well before we got married, you know, and then now we have this conflict. You know, he won't put his socks in the hamper. He uh, keeps putting dishes in the sink. You know, the to he keeps leaving the toilet seat up. Seat up. Girl, you laughing, but you, you, I, it's I so true. The reason why I'm laughing is because it's true. How <laughs> this happening in my house, honey? <laughs> well, I'm guess like, what, listen. Guess what? After 39 years of marriage, it's, it's still the same way here. The, the toilet seat problem isn't a problem no more. <laughs> he, <laughs> he he got that one together, but that's one out of three or one out of many. Yeah, you know. So that's the thing is, I try to. Um, help women manage their expectations about what they expect once they get into marriage. Because Disney movies have mm. given us a false uh, idea of what marriage is. Mm -hmm. I come from a divorced home and I didn't really, I had aunts and uncles that were married for long, long periods of time, but I wasn't you know, with them for the day to day, but I didn't see the struggle or anything that, you know, my, my parents would go through because uh, they divorced when I was eight. Uh, so just going into it, but my, my mother did say a few things that kind of let me know that uh, there would be some hard times in the marriage, but for the most part, I just thought, you know, okay, because let me just say this, my mother came from a, an abuse situation. Mm. So I, the reason I'm laughing is because I thought if I took care of that, that everything else would be okay. Because she always spoke from a place of, oh, you know, uh, you don't want your husband to abuse you. You want to do this. You want to do that. And so when I met my husband and when we started dating, he he's a big guy. He used to play football. And so he's tall, you know, six foot something and, you know, 200 and something pounds, all muscle. And here I am, this five foot four, you know, at the time I was maybe 135 pounds. And I'm like, oh, this dude is too big. If he should hit me, he's going to hurt me. And so I asked him, I said, yeah. hey, you know, I don't mind dating you, but I just need to know that you'll never hit me. Wow. And he looked at me like, no, I would never hit you. And so I checked the box and I was like, okay, good. We good now. I done took care of that abuse part. We're not going to have none of that. Everything else yeah. is going to be blissful. Yeah. But little did I know, you know, you get into these things and you're trying to mesh two lives together who have, mm -hmm. he's got an expectation. I've got an expectation of what I think this thing is. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to put it together. And so it, there's just some conflict there. 
you know, at the very beginning. And as years goes on, I tell people you're going to have, it's cyclical. You're going to have some up seasons, some down seasons. And, and so that was a long way around to answer your question, but. <laughs> no, but that was, but that is needed. So I'm going to ask you a follow-up question. So how did you overcome that obstacle of the cynical waves that you and your husband had. Okay, so that's that's a key part too of my story is I happened to be at the beauty salon and I would go every two weeks to get my perm, uh, no, I would go every six weeks or whatever to get my perm retouched and everything. And so at this particular time, I'm talking to the lady and I tell her, I say, hey, you know, she, I guess, you know, you know, your, your hairdresser is like a therapist, right? So you can talk about anything, you know, to her. And so whatever it was we started talking about. And I said, you know what? I think I want a divorce because this, this marriage thing is just not working out for me. And so she began to ask me some questions and she said, well, you know, is your husband a cheater? And I said, no, no, he, he doesn't do any of that. You know, he just goes to work and comes back home. And she said, well, okay. Um, has he put his hands on you? And I said, no, no, he hasn't done any of that. We'd be fighting if it was, you know, and then she said, is he a, uh, a substance abuser or does he drink in excess? And I said, no, no, he doesn't do any of that. And I said, but no. And I felt, you know, attacked when she asked me all these things, right? Because yeah. these, these were like the big three, right? That people, mm -hmm. And I was like, no, he's not doing any of that. So I tried to defend him and I said, he doesn't do any of those things. He just won't help me keep the house clean. Mm -hmm. And I told her, for example, he'll throw the socks over towards the hamper. He see that they didn't make the hamper and he still won't get them and put them up. And so what I felt in my head at that time is that he saw those doggone socks on the floor mm -hmm. and he refused to pick them up because he was trying to piss me off or he didn't love me or whatever. You know, I was translating it into something other than it just socks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, she said, well, tell me about him. And I said, you know, he's he's thoughtful. He's a uh, he's my lover. He's my friend. He's considerate, you know, except for these socks situation. Yeah. Uh, he's a great father. And she was like, well, you said some pretty amazing things about your husband. You you gonna give all that up because of socks or messiness and you, you know. And I thought about it, and I was like, doggone it, shoot. <laughs> I guess I do need to kind of switch what I, you know, the way I'm thinking about this thing. Mm -hmm. And so I did, I had to think about it. She, and, and she said, are you willing to give up all those positive qualities, you know, behind messiness? And so it caused, you know, it made me confront the situation. Mm -hmm. Was I willing to, to, yeah. you know, to leave the marriage because of those things? And so I said to myself over a period of weeks, no, that I wasn't willing to do that. Yeah. And I was going to have to find a way to not focus on the small things. Yeah. And start think, start focusing actually on his positives. Yeah. And so that's what I encourage women to do is stop thinking about those small things, because I think I just told you after 39 years of marriage, yeah. those things still haven't haven't changed. Besides. He is not he is not a neat guy. You know, if I look at his, he, he drives a pickup truck. If I look at his pickup truck, you can see that he's just, that's not part of his makeup. Yeah. And there are some things that are not part of my makeup too, that he don't like. Mm. <laughs> mm. 
I thought that I was perfect. Like, you know, he's got this amazing wife. She does all the things. But yeah. you know, I didn't think about the stuff that he don't like about me. I fly off the handle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I'm just moving, moving so fast and making mistakes and doing stuff. Yeah. I make him late to all of the events that we're trying to go to. He's like, <laughs> we see ya. You got to be there at seven o'clock. What you doing? I, I got, I'm putting my makeup on. I'll be ready in a few minutes, you know, and then we rushing down the how, highway going 80 miles an hour trying to get there on time. Yeah. But I say all that to say is that once I really uh, thought about the situation yeah. that I'm not this perfect person and mm. he accepts me for who I am. Yeah. And he's not perfect. And I need to accept him the way he is too. Yeah. And that helped me so much. I don't know if that'll help somebody else, but that's what helped me. So what I heard is that it is when you're thinking about your marriage, it's it's reframing. Um, I, I I hear a lot of mom therapist friend or communication friends telling me reframe, Brady, reframe. And so it's a reframing of not focusing. And it's almost like what we tell ourselves, you know, just for our minds, like don't focus on the negatives, focus on the positives. What do you do very well? What do your people appreciate appreciate about you? What do you appreciate about yourself? And so it's reframing and taking that same energy and focus or mind exercise and saying, what is the positive about your partner? What do they do very well that you appreciate so much? And instead of focusing on what they're not doing, um, focusing on what they are doing and how much it brings um, a betterment to your life. Right. Yeah. So um, you spoke about um, the concepts and why do you, you spoke a little bit about this regarding the Disney movies, but why do you think women have this blissful thinking when it comes to um, this misconception of this happily ever after? I mean, because the, the media pushes it on us mm -hmm. all the time from the time we're little girls. We think about Cinderella, right? She found her Prince Charming, you know, he found her, her, her foot fit the shoe and yeah. he rescued her from that life of uh, living under the stepmom and the mean sisters and stuff like that. How many movies? I think about Sleepless in Seattle. You know, they kissed at the end. And I, I think love that movie. I do, too. And I think <laughs> I can't remember if that's the one where her leg. One of them has one. I don't know if that's a. uh, uh I can see it in my head, but there's another movie where this girl kisses a guy and she says, I'll know he's the right one when my leg pops pops up in the back. Oh, I don't know that one. You don't know that one? Uh -huh. I want to say that's the uh, the one where the girl was going to be uh, a queen and at another country and stuff yeah. like that. But, yeah. but anyway, you know, I mean, it's just pushed down our throats all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, how many movies do you see it ends when the cowboy and the cowgirl right off into the sunset holding hands or the car you know she's sitting next to him in the car you see them right off into the sunset he's driving and and they they show it that way so you know we are i would say programmed as little girls to see that it's going to be like that and then that's just not true mm, yeah so you mentioned um 
you know, what, what are you learning through? Cause you, you mentioned, you know, early on, I mentioned that you are um, coaching and you have your tribe community. So what are you learning after counseling and connecting with women, helping couples in regards to um, their marriage? What are you learning from these individuals that they need help with? Well, I would say what I'm learning is that, like you said, reframing, mm-hmm. but changing attitudes about uh the marriage. And I talk about that when I say that, you know, uh, managing expectations, uh, communication, and I can't think of what the uh, the other one is. Ex- managing expectations, communications. Efforts. You said efforts. Efforts. You know, and, th- those things. Yeah. Uh, but when compromise. we compromise, mm-hmm. when we really get down to it, and, and from a biblical perspective, Brandy, I think I told you that I'm a woman of faith. Yes. So when we really get down to it, um, if we look at marriage as having a purpose, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if we look at what our vision is mm-hmm. for that purpose, I think that that helps a lot of people get past some of this small, little, minute stuff. Mm-hmm. Um learning how to communicate. That's mm-hmm. a big piece of it. Uh, I find that women do not, especially if they didn't come up in a home with a father. Yeah. But not necessarily all the time. So that's just, a, that's not a, a, a good generalization. Yeah. But we are so used to fighting for ourselves that we can be disrespectful to our husbands in our tone oh, and sure. what we say. Because I mean, our emotions for the most part I'm generalizing for the most part, our emotions run us and I can speak for myself. You know, when the emotions are high, you know, I would just fly off the handle and say whatever came on because I'm a direct person. I would say whatever comes on my mind. And I look back now and I'm really ashamed of how I spoke to my husband in those times. Mm -hmm. It was disrespectful. It was plain and simply disrespectful to speak to him in that way. Do you Uh, think, Lucille, that the reason why you probably responded that way, do you think it was due to what you saw leading up to being eight years old and, you know, experiencing your parents divorcing? I don't think so. I think my disrespectful tone really, that's a good question. I've never had that Posed to me before, but I would say my disrespectful tone uh, probably came as a as a result of, and you might be right. Now that I think about it, just not having the my my father in the home, because Mm -hmm. I felt uncovered in most Mm. of my adolescent life, right? Mm. And then as women, you know how we're treated in society lots of times. You know, just for an example, I can take my car to the shop and I can say, you know it's doing this, this, and this. And and the men won't listen. They're like, oh, let me look at, you know, <laughs> don't worry about it, little lady. I'll just look at it. I And yeah. I, when I worked, I worked in a, a male dominated field Yeah. too. So, you know, having to fight for that respect uh, uh, to be on the same level with them, I think that played a, a big part in it. So my father not being there, me feeling uncovered and feeling like I always had to fight 
for the respect that I needed. It just led to, you know, carried over into the home. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you were speaking about communication, effort, and compromise. So what is the biggest, the general misconception when it comes to communication within a marriage? Well, I think that what I see is most people don't know their love language. Mm, okay. And I, I discovered the love language book probably maybe about 15, maybe 20 years ago, but that might be stretching it. But I know, I know it was about 15 years ago and it, it illuminated so much to me because uh, what I found out from taking the test mm -hmm. is that I am a person whose love language is acts of service. Yeah. And yeah. so my husband's love language, even though he didn't take the test, but I know what the, I, I saw the questions and I can do the thing for him because I, you know, I've been with him so long. You could answer the questions for your own husband. Mm -hmm. And he is a, uh, his love language is gifts, giving gifts. Mm. And where we used to mismatch in that area was, is that when we first got married, he wanted to bring me flowers. He wanted to bring me candy. Yeah. He wanted to bring me cute little sexy lingerie. And <laughs> And money was tight at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, baby, you don't have, because I really didn't value it. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. like flowers that are cut flowers, even though roses are beautiful. I do love roses, but still, you know, they're going to die in a little bit. You could give me, a, if you go give me a plant, give me one that's alive, an ivy, a lily, something like that. So I like those things better if you go give me something. Uh, you know, the cute little lingerie. I, you know, I've been taking care of myself for years. If I wanted to buy it, I could just buy what I like. So mm -hmm. like I say, I didn't really put any value to it because I didn't know that that was his love language. And that's how he was saying, I love you. He was pouring into me, but I discounted it because that wasn't my love language. Yeah. And so once I took that test, I could go back and say, oh, that's why he's doing that. Mm -hmm. Okay. When and sometimes when he comes up to me and he has, I, I mean, he bring me something as cute as a little, a little um, fruit cup from the from the store that he stopped at to get a little something. He's always bringing me something, little cute stuff, you know. And I'd be like, oh, I'm not even eating carbs right now. <laughs> I, but I, but I take it. And I say, oh, baby, thank you, and I'll eat it. So let me just say this. So what I tell people to do is find out their person, their love language. Mm -hmm. And it's good on two accounts. Now you can recognize the love language of the person that you're married to. Because guess what I do now is I bring him little stuff. And so I'm mm -hmm. pouring into him in a way yeah. that he can accept it and, he, and that he sees love. I don't care if it's a Hershey candy bar, you know, whatever it is. I'm, I, I, I've gone somewhere to, to speak or something. I bring him back a T-shirt. He loves it all. But this is the other caveat. Is because he do, he didn't take the test. He don't know what my love language is, but I know. Mm -hmm. So he's not going to think in that way. Mm -hmm. So I can ask him to do what I need for my love language. Mm -hmm. So acts of service is mine. I just run around the house. I'm cleaning up. I'm doing stuff, picking up, doing stuff all the time. So I'll say, hey, baby, can you do me a favor? And he'll, of course, he'll say, yes, what you need? And so I'll ask him to do what I need him to do. Hey, can you make sure that all that stuff out there is taken care of, you know, whether it's in the yard or, you know, if you, I need if I need him to do the laundry or something or put up the food in the kitchen, whatever it is I need, I ask him to do it for me now. 
I'm not, I don't get mad that he doesn't see it because he lives here too. He could see it, right? But he don't. Just like the socks. <laughs> right. That's probably why you got mad is because that was your love language and he wasn't responding in your love language. And so that becomes flying off the handles, misunderstanding, not understanding what you need and versus him not understanding what you need as well. So it relates. Wow. How interesting that relates to the socks that you were talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so, thinking about, so thinking about the love language and um, taking the assessment and I'll make sure that the link is down below in the description. So other other couples and people can take the love language because I think it's very helpful even for friendships and relationships mm -hmm. um, and things like that. But um, we're going to dive into compromising. Okay. So I think there was a compromise that you just described that happened. How are you um, coaching couples to make these compromises and what does that look like? Okay. So when I talk to couples about compromising, it's probably, this is probably going to be unexpected of you, uh, for you to think about this, but okay. I, I go from the top. So I feel like at the root of not compromising is a lack of faith. Mm, okay. Okay. And in our creator. So whoever your God is, mine is Jesus Christ. Yeah. But if I say that everything belongs to him and he's in charge of everything, yeah. which includes my husband, mm -hmm. that I don't have a problem giving over some things. Mm -hmm. So, right, like we're talking about something and he may say, hey, I want to do such and such and such and such that, yeah. that requires so much resources from our account or whatever. Yeah. And I may say, oh, that's a terrible idea. I don't think we should do it. I can tell him, hey, I don't think we should do it at this time. I think we should wait till this other time because I've done that. Yeah. And it's been and it's worked out both ways where I said, I don't think we should do it. And it turned out to be a great idea. Yeah. I've been somewhere where I don't think we should do it. And it turned out to be a terrible idea. Yeah. So, but I left the decision with him as the head of the household, but it looks like I left the decision with him, but ultimately I left the decision with the Lord. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, mm -hmm. because I took the pressure off of him in these years that I've been coming up some years after I had that conversation with the Beautician, I started diving into reading books and, mm -hmm. you know, all of these books on the, uh, the power of a praying wife, liberated through submission. I mean, some great books on marriage uh, yeah. from a Christian perspective. Yeah. But when I was able to release my marriage to mm -hmm. the Lord and say, I'm going to do what he requires of me, because there are verses in the Bible that says what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to do that because when I stand in front of the Lord, he, we're not going to be standing there together. Right. He's not going to be talking to us together. It's yeah. Gonna be, yeah, did, yeah, yeah. You, did you do what yeah. I told you yeah. to do? Yeah. And so I looked at it like this, like, look, the Lord can do whatever he needs to do to protect me, to support me, to bless me, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. He can do it through my husband, around my husband, underneath my husband. He can take my husband out of the picture completely. Yeah. But if I take the oh yeah, take the pressure off of me looking for my husband to do it and put it on the Lord, uh, it just freed me up. I don't mind compromising. Oh, you want to yeah. do that? Sure, let's do it. Yeah. Because ultimately, the 
the end result mm-hmm. is that the Lord is in charge. Mm-hmm. So how does women take to that when they're dealing with, you know, struggling with compromising in their marriage? It takes a little bit because it's not something that you would get to just because somebody told you that, right? It's re- and it wasn't something that I got to just because I, I read it. I remember a day when I came in from work and I, I used to work at the post office and I had my I was the person on the window so that you would mail packages with and passports and stamps and stuff like that. And so I came in and I had my uniform and I went straight to the washroom to put a load of clothes on the washing in the washing machine. So I still had my uniform on and everything. And I can't remember what wasn't right here at the house, but there was something that wasn't right. And I just said, as I'm putting stuff in the washing machine, Lord, I'm dependent on you. Lord, I'm dependent on you. I'm dependent on you. I'm not dependent on man, no man, no woman. I'm dependent on you. And I just started putting this stuff in there. And over a period of time, uh, it really took root and grew in my heart Mm -hmm. that I was not dependent on my husband. I was not dependent on no man. I was not dependent on a job. I was not dependent on anything. I was dependent on the Lord. And so when I work with women, it takes them a little while to get to that point, depending on where they are in their walk with the Lord. Uh, mm-hmm. But once they get there, they got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. That's good. Continuing to affirm yourself mm-hmm. um, in the thing that you are releasing to God, um, but affirming that, God, I need you in this situation right now. Um, because if I get a hold of it, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> somebody, something may happen up in here. Right. Something, something may go, I may pop. And I don't need it in my life. I want another piece up in this house. And so that's good. That's, um, that's a good reminder, a constant reminder, reminder, not only for your marriage, but also in other areas that we need to surrender to God, um, to give to him. But God, here's how I feel. Um, here's where I'm at, but I'm going to give it to you. And sometimes that can be the woman crying because the emotion is so overwhelming of that. I want to take control that sometimes just the release of the emotion and the feeling, but also relying, being very heavily reliant on God to say, God, I give it to you. Even if tears are rolling down, even if you're angry, like God, I give it to you, but it's, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's reassuring and uh, reaffirming the mind that, this thing is going to work out. I don't know what it's going to look like because what you're what you're describing is that you're releasing the plan out of your hands and putting it into God's and saying, "I'm going to trust you." Mm-hmm. And sometimes for some for some people, I can't even just say women, um, but I think for women that can be hard because we are not hard, but it can. I can see some of the challenges that they can face because. We are nurturers. So when something isn't right emotionally, when something's off court or when we feel a certain type of way, we get into how do we nurture this situation or we get into plan mode because we're always planning stuff. Make sure that's on the calendar. Make sure this is doing this. And so we get into this mode of planning 
um, to say, how am I going to figure this out? Mm -hmm. um, what plan can I put in place? So I think that's um, an important message that yeah. you're giving. Um, and can I say this? Because uh, in my in my last uh, session that I had with uh, some couples, yeah. I was talking. I was I brought that point up exactly that we, we as women are so used to nurturing and pouring into people mm -hmm. and changing the environment. You know, yeah. especially if you have kids. You know, we we are molding kids, doing all this, and oh, yeah. I think lots of times we get in, in into the that molding piece, and we think that we can mold our husbands. You know, we want to change him. We just feel like, oh, if he loved me, he would change. Mm -hmm. He would do this, you know, because we change. We change, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is that we need to kind of mold into in order to make the things work. You know, we might not be those take charge women when we first got married. But once we get kids and, you know, we got to take care of the bills of the household, you know, we are willing to change and mold into whatever we need to be. But that don't work for that don't work for you can't change nobody. And so, you know, I think we as women uh, really need to get that that part together, you know, that we think, oh, you know, I, I can just do all of this and that he will change. No, he won't. <laughs> but does that mean that you can't deal with him not changing? No, because whatever it is you liked about him, like we talked about earlier, the positive, mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. you liked about him that is still there and mm -hmm. most of the time when we when the i do's are out of the way we all just become more of who we are yeah and so if if you thought when you married him that he's going to stop this this and this no he's not going to stop that he's going to do more of that because now he's going to feel more comfortable around you and you guys are cohabitating now so you're going to see more of him uh but don't you, you're not gonna you're just frustrating yourself you're not going to be able to change him so yeah. you have to put some strategies in place in order to be able to have the conversations mm. around mm. what it is you need. Yeah. And, and that's what I help women with also is to try to put the words to what it is you need. Because that was an issue for me is that I couldn't put the what I needed into words. Hmm. That's really good. I'm glad you mentioned that. So let's talk a little bit about that more because that comes with the communication mm -hmm. is sometimes um, as a woman, we're very emotional and we're and, and we and we depending on our environment, who we are, our makeup and all these things, we're very expressive of the things that we desire. And what I realize is that sometimes because if I didn't grow up in a home or didn't have proper um, methods or framework in place to know how to communicate effectively, then the way that it comes out may not be as effective, but I did express myself. I did tell you what I felt, but it probably wasn't um, received the way that I thought. So what are the the methods or uh, the strategies or the plans or the questions that you're helping couples to start building trust in communication when they're trying to express their needs. Okay, so that was a, a that was a loaded question that you just asked, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I hope you don't mind. I'm gonna expand on a couple of yeah, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, Absolutely. okay. So when you talked about being expressive. Mm -hmm. I am a fiery person. So, and I think I mentioned that earlier. 
if I'm upset about something, I want to talk about it right now. Yeah. Let's, let's hash it out. And so I'm expressive. I'm direct and to the point. And my husband is not that way. Mm. He's a strategic thinker. So I would be in there just saying, you know, I didn't like it when you did such and such and such. And you always do da 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 da. And why is this happening? And, da, da, da. and he was just looking at me going, uh, okay. And he's listening and he's listening. But because he's not saying anything back to me, I interpret that in my head as he doesn't care. Mm, wow. But it was years later before I understood that he does not function that way. He needs time to mull over things. And he'll come back to me in a couple of days and I'll be like, I'm past that now because really I'm just the type of person, I don't hold no grudges or nothing. But I have to get it off my head, if that makes sense. Yep. So I got to unload it onto him. And then I'm free. I can go on about my business. And I don't even care nothing about it no more. Yeah. And now he's bringing it up again. And I'm like, why are we bringing this up two days later? Yeah. But now knowing the type of person that he is, and that's what we have to pay attention to, is know our partner so that they can feel safe to be who the Lord designed them to be. Yeah. I now know that. If I take something to him, he's not going to really come back with anything that day. It's going to be a couple of days later. And so I know when I need to speak to him about something, I say, hey, I need to talk to you about something. But let's I know. Let, let me just tell you about it. You can ask me a few questions now and then let's meet back up in a couple of days and you let me know what you think. Yeah. Voila. Yeah. Problem solved. Right. <laughs> All right. Then the in what you said to is respect. OK. I'm not being respectful if I'm just, you know, flying off the handle with that emotion piece you were talking about, yeah. uh, you know, because I'm not being careful with my words or anything like that. I'm, you know, almost in his face, blah, 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 blah. You did, you always, you, whatever it is, you know, I'm really attacking, attacking not the, uh, the behavior, I'm attacking him. Mm, okay, yeah. so we need to be able to know how to talk about the behavior without attacking the person. Oh, that's All right. good. All right. So then the other part of what you said is that goes along with this is that scriptures talk about it. It, it tells us women respect your husbands mm -hmm. and it tells husbands to love your wives. Mm -hmm. And so why did the Lord say that? It's because it don't come natural. Mm -hmm. It don't come natural to us. Mm -hmm. And so that means that's something that we have to work on. Mm -hmm. Husbands have to work on learning how to love their wives and we have to learn how to respect our husbands. Okay. So that comes to what is the methods that I share with people that helped me. I can only share what helped me. Absolutely. I read a lot of books and stuff like that too, that have some helpful stuff in here, but this is what I adopted for myself. And I learned this from a business management class. <laughs> I did not learn it from, a marriage book. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the way I do it. If there's something in the sink or whatever, I remember the first time I did it, there was, I had cleaned up the sink and there was, and I don't like stuff in the sink. The dishwasher is actually right next to the sink. Yeah. I don't see any reason for anybody leaving anything <laughs> in the sink. <laughs> you and every wife in the world. <laughs> In the world, <laughs> literally, it's right there. What is your problem? Right, move it over. It is one to two, one to two. 
And so I just had a conversation with him and I told him, hey, babe, when you leave dishes in the sink, it makes me feel unappreciated. Mm. It makes me it really makes me feel unloved because I keep asking. We keep having this conversation. I've talked to you about it and you seem like you keep ignoring me. Mm. Can you help me out? He said, babe. I didn't know. I didn't know it was affecting you like that. I I appreciate you. I love you. I don't want you to feel like that. I'll take care of it. Now, sometimes he do leave something in the sink. He know he's going to come back and get it, though. He says, I I said, what is this in the sink? And he says, I'm letting it soak because it had cheese and something in it that he put in the microwave. He don't know that my water gets hot as I don't know what. He don't have to let it soak. But anyway, (laughs) that's his thing. He he says, I'm going to get it before I go to bed. And I said, "Okay, no problem. Yeah. But that's something that helps me is that you state what the issue is. Yeah. And then put the emotion to it. How does that make you feel? Because it doesn't help if you tell the person, you always do so and so and so and so. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, you mad right now, but he made his his defenses are already up saying, I don't always do that. And so he really is not here. It's a it's a thing up now. He don't hear yeah. nothing you said because you said I always do so and so and so and so. And yeah. it's more directed at him than it is yeah. the behavior. Yeah. So I tell people, speak about the behavior. Mm-hmm. If it's you leave your shoes in the den, you know, you and I can only speak for what bothers me because I tell you I'm acts of service, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. So that's my thing. You know, don't leave your slides up at the front door, you know. Uh, do whatever it is. Don't, you know, you, you leave uh, shaving stuff, you know, in the bathroom. Could you just wipe that out? I'm not asking you to clean off the counters and, and have everything pristine, but could you just wipe yeah. that up, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, just telling them when you do this, it makes me feel this way. And can you help me out? And I'm telling you, it has been a game changer for me. And so that's what I offer people. That's um that's funny that you say that because I work for corporate America and um I work in corporate America and this is the same breakdown that they give to give feedback. <laughs> they tell people, and it's something that I actually taught. So it's so funny that you said <laughs> that. It's so funny how we 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 undetach what we learn at work, and then when we get into this relationship, we like drop all of the stuff that I just learned. Don't nobody care about none of that stuff. I'm talking to you. You love me and blah, 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 blah. But I remember the feedback class, I was teaching it. And I can't remember, it was career, it was called Career Conversations with Your Manager. Um, And it was for managers to know how to give feedback um, to their associates. And it was like, here, here's the scenario. Give the scenario of what happened. Because what we wanted the managers to do was not to attack, like you said, don't attack the person. We're attacking the behavior, but we don't want the person. And sometimes it's going to happen, no matter how you finesse it, however you make the words pretty in the sentences and paragraphs, the person will probably be offended. But if you put it in a way of like, when you're intentionally trying to communicate to this person, you tell them, you know, here's the scenario. Here's how your action, the actions, the behavior, what what came out of that. And then the follow-up was, here are a couple of suggestions on how I think you could do that. But like, but it but it was in a it was you say that, but then it's in a collaborative way of asking the question, what are what are you what do you think that we can do in this situation to to help us 
work together. Mm-hmm. And the managers is like, oh my God. And it was just a different way for them to give feedback because the associates on the other end was like, yeah, I'm being told, you know, don't do this, don't do that. But I never get, well, where did I do that? How did it affect somebody or affect a thing? And then like, can you help me come up with better solutions on how I can fix that so that I can do better? Because right. it was like as if you didn't even give me a chance, mm-hmm. you didn't give me an opportunity to address the behavior. You just assume that that behavior is detrimental. And so we got to get rid of the behavior or get rid of you as a person because it's not good. And so it's funny that you say that and I'm thinking, wow. <laughs> that, that I taught years ago when I was a facilitator. <laughs> that is helpful on building some type of effective communication. But I think the other thing is that I'm a I, I'm a I'm a believer, and I say this um, candidly, and I say it with I, I'm open to receiving different perspectives. But once you know, now you know. We then work together to figure out what this looks like going forward. But if I continue to see, now this is me thinking in corporate America, if I continue to see this behavior and you're not changing after I've after I've given you this opportunity to come up with a better way to not continue to do this behavior, then we have to have a different type of conversation. So I know there's probably some woman who's going to come across this and be like, Brandy, I did that. <laughs> I got something for you. Go ahead. I love it. I love it. I love so, it. Okay, so I know this is going to sound petty. Oh, Lord, Lord. <laughs> but I, I, I got consequences because people only learn through consequences, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to give you one example. Mm-hmm. I, I can give you two if you need it. But one example is I want my husband and I've asked him to put the toilet paper on the roll. If he's the last one, if you, you know, uh, replace it. All right. If I'm the last one, I replace it. I can't tell you how many times I've gone in there and there was no toilet paper on the roll. All right. Okay. So I said, okay, he left it. He knew he left it. I got me a roll over there under my side of the cabinet. (laughs) I'm not lying. (laughs) And you better not clip this part. (laughs) This is so real. It's so real. I got me a roll. And when when I go in there and there's no toilet paper, I go get my roll and I put it back. (laughs) Because guess what? If I keep replacing the roll, he don't see the consequences, right? Uh, And it's not not necessarily consequences, but he don't see the effect. effect. Yeah, he's not. He, I have saved him from the problem. So now, if he go in there and be like, "Dang, Child. ain't no toilet paper on here," okay. So now, this is the other one. Child, listen, the analogy—it's the analogies for me. <laughs> I'm here for all the stories and analogies <laughs> because, because I don't want to keep dealing with the problem. But if I can't change him, say for instance, he still keep doing it or whatever. Mm-hmm. All I want is to satisfy what I need, right? I just need a roll of toilet paper. Yeah, I got one. So now if he don't never change it, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I it's right. I reframe the whole thing to where 
it's not going to affect my day if he don't do what I need him to do. I've yeah. already asked him, but you know, and so now he's gotten a, a lot better. There's still a few times I go in there. Maybe he was in a hurry. I don't know, but I still got my role over there on the side. So he will uh, suffer the consequences of his behavior and not me. And so that's what helps me is that I don't want to be the only one suffering the consequences of your behavior. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to leave you to suffer the consequences of your behavior. So this is the other one. And I told you I'm petty. I'm petty, so get ready. So I'm in the kitchen one time and he had bought we had bought something out, maybe some barbecue or something. You know how it comes in the little brown or white paper bag or whatever. And so he had gotten his stuff out and he left the paper bag on the on the counter in the kitchen. And so I went in there to do something. And I saw that paper bag and I say, baby, come here. And he come running in there. What, what's, what's wrong? I pointed at that paper bag. You saving it for something? And he said, no, I'm not saving it for nothing. I said, well, it look like you are. The trash can is just right there. I'm telling you, the counter is, you know, we have a bar. Like the counter is right here. The trash can is literally underneath that bar. I said, well, it look like you saving for something. He grabbed that paper and threw it in the trash. I did it about three more times before he got the hint. I said, the next time it happened, babe, come here, bro, come here. And he had left a plate. I said, you saving this plate for something? And he said, no, I'm not saving it. I said, would it look like you are? And he said, I got it, Lucille. He went over to the sink and sprayed it down and he put it in the dishwasher. So, <laughs> so I'm not going to be the only one. You're going to see and suffer the consequences of your stuff. I'm not going to keep picking up after you. So yeah. the last the last one I'm going to tell you, I know you're going to laugh about this. He left some dishes in the sink. Mm -hmm. They were there when I got up the next morning. Ooh. I picked the whole thing up, whether it was wet or whatever. It was. <laughs> and I put it on his side of the bed. <laughs> Girl, you talking about being petty. <laughs> Bet you won't, it's a bet you won't do it again. So I think I was working at home when that happened or whatever. I can't remember, but maybe I called him for work because I don't think I was working at home at that time. I called him for work. Hey, did you see the left the gift I left you on your side of the bed? Yeah, Lucille, I saw it. Tommy, you say you like receiving gifts, so I got you one. I got you one. Oh, <laughs> But it just really goes to show, like, you know, the the humor <laughs> and the fun that is in that that is in that. Like, even though you're you know, it's twofold, like I'm really trying to help you understand that there is a consequence for for this yeah. and you continue to do this and you keep on modeling this behavior, and now it's no more, okay, no more talking. <laughs> I've talked, yeah. I've done. And now it's like, now I need to show you what happens when you continue to do this behavior. But I love the humor in it. I'm sure at the time he was just like, this is not funny. I, I, he probably said, this girl is crazy. Uh, yes. But, yeah, he, but he just delaying what he should have done at the beginning. You could have yeah. thrown that paper in the trash can. You could have yeah. put that dish in the dishwasher. But I mean, I think the, the, the message I'm trying to convey to him yeah. is you're not going to get out of doing it. Yeah. You're going to either do it now when you had a chance to do it now, or you're going to do it later. Because yeah. I'm, I'm not doing it. Yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> and it frees me up. I don't, yeah. I, I don't have no problem with it. Yeah. But if I was constantly still doing it after him, then I'm a, I know me, I'm gonna build up resentment yeah. because I'm constantly having to do this. Yeah. When you make, you make it more work for me. Don't, yeah. don't make more work for me. Yeah. Especially because you know that you're acts of service. And so that is a part of that. So for you, it is overwhelming a lot because that's what I do. That is my love language. Right. So you are just adding to <laughs> what I got to do. Like help us sister out for real. Right. And so, you know, um, so I want to, I want to shift a little bit because I want to touch on this. Um, um, cause you talked, you talked about this, you mentioned something about children and then I want to give you an opportunity to talk about your book. Okay. Um, but with all of this design and method and tribe and everything, how do ch children change the dynamic of the communication, the effort, and um, the compromise in marriages? Oh, man, that's a great question. Children change the dynamic of a marriage. And I think it's because, for the most part, women look at the nurturing part of it and men not so much they are willing to share their wives with these children mm. for a period of time wow but they're looking they're looking for 18 years to come and go and for them to get self-sufficient and move on so mm. i can have my wife back it's not the same viewpoint and we think yeah. it is we think men think the same way about the children that 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 we do now, I'm not saying all men are like that and men can be great nurturers. My husband has been a great support system for our kids. He's made yeah. every football, baseball, basketball, soccer game, swim. Yeah. He's, he's made them all. He's changed his schedule and everything so he could be present at all these things. Yeah. We have tag teamed on taking kids to practice and stuff like that. And we communicate about what is needed to make these kids, uh, yeah. to help them to be successful uh, in growing up and everything. And they are, uh, my oldest daughter, which I had before we got married, she's yeah. 44. My son is 35. My daughter is 34. Mm -hmm. And we all enjoy going places together. We have a great time. We, they come over all the time and talk to us. And we just love the relationship that we have. Yeah. But what I see women doing, if this, and I hope this is part of what you were asking in your question, yeah. is that I see women uh, focusing more on children mm -hmm. than they do on their relationship with their partners. Mm. And I think that's a big mistake because if you push your husband over here and you don't pay attention to him, then uh, he's going to feel neglected. He's going to feel unwanted. He interprets it in all kinds of ways, right? Yeah. Uh, so you've got to be able to find a balance there for the children. The children are going to be with you for a prescribed number of years if they're not uh, special needs. Yeah. And if they, even if they are special needs, you're going to have to still find a way to make time for your partner. So mm -hmm. when I um, was coming up, my husband was more, most important. He's here at the top. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think women like for me to say that. And then the children, wanted, well, God's at the top, but I mean, yeah. my husband is next. And then the children are after that. Even when we sat at church, the children didn't sit between us. They sat on the other side of us. Mm -hmm. When we plan to do things together, we always plan a date night. Yeah, We've got a movie time. 
you know, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not, not so much when, when they were younger because they played every sport in the book. So we yeah. were always involved with them. But we were strategic about making time, even if we had to put it on the calendar for our intimacy time. Yeah. Because that is so important to a man. And so I don't want women to forget that because we can get so involved in what we have to do and just be tired. I'm talking about bone tired when you get ready to go in the bed, get ready to get in the bed. And that's just another thing we got to do, right? Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I had to pray and say, Lord, when I get out the shower. Give me the energy, Lord. (laughs) Yes. Let, Let me be able to fulfill my wifely duties. You know, and it may be sometimes we just had a conversation. I said, baby, I am wiped out. Can we just do a quickie? He said, you want a quickie? Come on. Yes. Give me the quickie. I don't want all the passion and foreplay and everything. Just give give me the quickie. (laughs) I'm just being real. I hope this ain't being too real. Yeah, no, this is great. (laughs) No, I love this so much. But yes, putting some time on the calendar. If our regular night is going to be Monday night or if it's going to be Monday morning, because guess what? I got to a point where I preferred it in the morning. I had more energy in the morning. I would get up and take my shower and get busy. And then he's gone off to work with a smile on his face. I'm gone off to work with a smile on my face. I don't have to worry about the kids knocking on the door because they're not up yet. All of that. So whatever works for you guys, whether it's in the morning, whether it's at night, you know, whatever. Yeah. Put it if you have to put it on the calendar because y'all schedules this way. But don't neglect the intimacy. If you don't get nothing else out of what I said. Do not neglect the intimacy because you have kids. Because that's what we started off talking about. Yeah, kids they are part of it. They change the dynamic. But you and your partner work together to keep the intimacy and the togetherness there. Awesome. <laughs> so we have a couple of minutes left. So I wanted to talk about your book. Oh um, yes, your book is the Secret Sauce. Um, the um. And I want you to talk about that. Tell me, tell us a little bit more about your book. Oh, look at that. I love it. it. And it's called That Secret Sauce, Essential Ingredients for Creating an an Exceptional Marriage. And so we go through, it's got about, it's a quick read. It's got seven chapters in here, but we talk about seeking God first. And that was that piece I talked to you about earlier is releasing your marriage to God. The next one, we talk about communication. And there's a chapter in here, learn to forgive. Now we didn't talk, we didn't touch on that, but I'm telling you, forgive, forgive your husband, forgive yourself. It's that's all of that is is in there. Prioritizing your marriage. Now we just got finished talking about that with the kids yeah. and stuff. And then we got intimacy. Yeah. Touch, touch often is the yeah. next chapter. Marriage and money. Yeah. We talk, I think that's oh, and then the ups and downs of marriage. So seven quick little chapters. It's it's got pages in here where you can. Hold on, hold on, where you can take notes and stuff like that. So it's a really, it's not real thick. It's a quick little read, but I think that it would be beneficial. And if anybody is interested in that, they can go to what she said earlier, www, that, not the, but that secret sauce book.com. It's just $20. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lucille. We appreciated this conversation. I love your rawness and realness with us. I really do appreciate it. And I'm sure our viewers will appreciate it too. Thank y'all so much for joining us. Again, this is Bo Conversations with B. You will see me 
every other Wednesday. And I can't wait to see you here again. Bye, y'all. Bye.